As we come together to hear God's word, uh, uh, one of the, the things we like to do in the very beginning, we like to remind everybody what we are here for. And all God's people say it. Vince Lombardi, it is said that he would, he would take at the beginning of the year, the training camp. Uh, he, now keep in mind that this coach is speaking to men who have played football their entire lives. All through their young ages, through high school, through college, through all of that, even seasoned pros. And at the beginning of training camp, he would do this. He'd hold out a football. He'd show everybody a football and say, gentlemen, this is a football. Y'all don't see the irony in that? <laughs> They've been playing their whole life. They know what a football is. You say, I know what a football is. He, and he would say, our defense it is your job to keep this ball from going over that line. Offense, it is your job to get this ball over that line. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Say, what's the big deal? Vince Lombardi knew the importance of knowing the basics, going back and reminding ourselves why we are here. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Why do we need reminding? Because we are forgetful. We are forgetful people and we need reminding. So today... I have asked, Brother Jason, you come on up here and uh, 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 you get, just, just stand beside me just a minute. Uh, to say that I'm proud of this cat is just a very big understatement. I don't want to swell his head up before he preaches, but uh, Brother Jason, he, I kind of make a joke about it. He, he come up through the farm system. Uh, he didn't come in as a free agent. He come in the system. He, he was saved in this church. He was uh, uh, touched in this church. He was called in this church. Uh, he was hired to this church. He came through and he first he served as a volunteer in uh, 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 life groups. And then he came on as a director of life groups. He has moved to uh, guest services and has been leading guest services for a long time now. And most of you know, our missions pastor has, is headed to Uganda. And brother, brother Jason has gone on several missions, excursions, uh, preached in Burma, uh, uh, preached in Tanzania, and, and it's been all over the U.S. with our DMD program. And uh, I think and, and we believe that he's a perfect fit to be our new missions pastor. So would you welcome Brother Jason Tankersley, our very new missions pastor. And he's going to share, he's going to share some of the things that we were able to accomplish this year and then also go into, this is a football. All right. Now you can be seated, brother Jason, you go ahead and, uh, uh, God bless you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Listen, it's always a privilege and an honor to get to come up here and just to be able to share God's word. And, uh, I tell you what, if you would... Uh, go ahead and turn to Matthew 28, verse 16. And while you're turning, let's go ahead and just uh, share with you the great things that God accomplished here at Temple in 2023. So uh, I'm going to go through these quickly, and then we'll, what we can do is we can just give God the, the honor and praise that He deserves after I, I finish reading them all. So last year, we saw 196 salvations. That was a 50% increase. We had 214 baptisms for a 92% increase. 
We had 1,017 people that joined a life group for a 32% increase. We had 942 unique volunteers for a 20% increase. Our change for churches, we saw $623,687.20. And I'm going to go all the way down to the cent because every penny counts for a total of 1,560 churches. Our missions and yeah. Our missions and faith promise given was a 48% increase in 2023 for a total of $270,400.37. Our tithes and offerings, they increased by 17%. Our disciples making disciples, that's our DMD here at Temple. We had nine DMD graduates. We had nine Timothys that graduated. We have 64 Timothys that are currently being trained. And right now, out in our community, we have 18 either fellowships or microchurches that are going on. Those are people that will never step foot in temple. They're out there in our community. Yeah. And then across the U.S. with our DMD, we have currently, we have 12 uh, DMD graduates that graduated last year. Those are Pauls. They're going to go out and they can teach the same thing in their communities. We have 94 Pauls that are currently being trained across 17 states. That's 116 micro churches, 136 fellowships that are out in their communities. Currently, we have 478 Timothys that are being trained in our DMD. And then 78 Tituses. Those are the Timothys are training the Tituses. 78 Tituses that are being trained. Guys, can we just give God honor and glory for what He's doing? Now, I'm going to read to you this morning. We're going to be in Matthew. And right now, uh, you're probably wondering why in the world we're talking about the Great Commission. That's what these verses are known for, is the Great Commission. And if your Bible's like mine, it probably is titled right there, the Great Commission. So if you would, join me here. We're going to start with Matthew 28, verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Father, I just thank you so much for this day. God, I just thank you for this opportunity. Father, I thank you for this church and the things that you were you accomplished uh, here in 2023. Father, I'm praying that you just continue to do great things here. Father, I pray that today you just give me the words to say. Father, I pray that you open up hearts and minds, Lord, so that they're able to hear not my words, God, but your words. And when they leave this place, Father, they're able to accomplish the things that you want them to accomplish. God, I pray that you just fill me with your spirit, Lord. You just give me what I need. Amen. Amen. Now, if you've been at Temple a long time, you're probably, you're probably wigging out a little bit right now. You, you, you saw the outline. That's a, that's a Pastor Malcolm outline. Now, here we are in January of 2024, and we've got you thinking it's April. April Fool's Day, right? We, we're wigging you out. So then we're talking about the Great Commission, and that's typically what we talk about in our missions month. That's typically what we do in October. So we've really got you wigging out. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Missions is not a month. Missions is not a month at all. Yes, we do dedicate one month 
strictly to missions. We do dedicate one month where we really hammer down on the going and the sending and the giving. But missions is not a month. Missions is something that we do every single day. Here at Temple, that's what we do, is missions. Everything we do here at Temple is missions. Every single dollar that you give here at Temple is for missions. Every act of benevolence is for missions. Our daily work is for missions. The spreading of the gospel is for missions. That is what we do here at Temple, is missions and everything that we do. So yes, it's not October. Yes, it's not our typical missions month. But that's because missions is something that we do every single day. At our church, we, we embrace the conviction that everything that we do is missions. And, and Jesus has commissioned us. He's commissioned us. He's mandated us to carry out the mission. From every act of kindness, our daily work, we see each opportunity uh, to live out our lives in our community, we, to share Christ with others. We want to make a difference in our community. So we are to get out there and get amongst the lost and bring them to a life-saving knowledge of faith in Christ. And that's what we're doing here at Temple. When, when Jesus says go, that's exactly what we do here is, is we go. So Jesus has commanded us. He's mandated us to go out and carry on His mission. So we're to get out there. We're supposed to do this. But you know, many people, they don't fully understand what the mission of the church is. I read an article where a, a gentleman, he was at a coffee shop. And while he was drinking coffee, overheard two people talking. And while they were talking, they were actually two people from two different churches, and they were talking about their church. But what they were doing is they were just one-upping each other. My building's bigger. Well, mine's nicer. Our seats are comfortable. Ours are better. We have these fancy lights in our church. We've got nice chandeliers. He said the whole time that they were talking, not one time, not one time did they bring up the mission of the church. But you know, that's because many people out there, they don't fully understand what the mission of the church is. You know, some believe it's fellowship. That's the, that's the making of friends. To provide activities for the families. I enjoy fellowship. I enjoy coming here and, and getting to talk to you guys and hanging out with a bunch of like-minded individuals. I enjoy fellowship, but that's not what we're here for. Some think it's teaching. That's the learning, the put out a doctrine, to instruct people in the Word. I enjoy coming here on Wednesday nights and on Sundays and, and learning. But listen, if you're not doing something with what you're learning, it's pointless. That's not what we're here for. Some think it's praise. That we come to a place where we get to hear singing and we get to, to, to show our love for God. Now I sure do enjoy getting to come into a warm building and getting to sing and getting to praise God. But that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. You see, even though those things are important and those things should be done, that's not the mission of the church. Because if that was the mission of the church, we're done. It's over. We've completed it. That's not the mission of the church. But before we can know the mission of the church, we actually have to understand the motive. We've got to know the motive behind the mission. So let's look at what our motive is. What's our motive? It's the glory of God. Amen. Our motive is the glory of God. We all have the same calling. We all have the same motive. That's to glorify God in everything that we do. 
That's why we're here. That's what we were created for, glorifying God. That's not so we can bestow glory on God or add to His glory, but it's to recognize and acknowledge His glory. It's to completely understand that we serve an all-knowing God, an all-powerful God, a God that's everywhere at all times. So what should our primary motive be? It's to glorify God. Because we cannot take credit for something we didn't do. God will not allow us to take credit for something we didn't do. Listen, it's not our skill, it's not our wisdom, it's not our power, it's His, and we don't deserve to take that glory. Look what it says in Isaiah 42, 8. It says, I am the Lord, this is my name, and my glory will I, will I not give to another. It's His glory, it's not ours. God's glory is His honor, it's His splendor, it's His dignity. He will not share it with anyone. God is jealous of His glory. He will not share it. He will not give His glory to another. We are only here but to give God glory. Our lives were created for His glory. Isaiah 43 says, I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Ephesians says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who with all things after the counsel of his will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who trusted Christ. Everything that we do in this church is to bring God glory. Amen. Everything we do in our lives is to bring God glory. First Corinthians says, whether therefore you eat or you drink or whatever you, you should do, do all for the glory of God. Man, we do some great things in this church. We do some great things in this church. But everything that we do is to glorify God. It's not to boast about our church. Listen, it's, it's not to make ourselves feel good. It's not to go out and tell everybody we've got the best pastor. It's not to go out and tell everybody we've got the best staff. Everything we do is to glorify God. And that's what we're doing here at Temple. We're going to give God glory. Listen, even though those other things are important, they are. We're here to give God glory. When people are getting saved, that gives God glory. When people are getting baptized... That gives God glory. When churches are being planted, that gives God glory. Listen, when we support missionaries that are going around the world, that gives God glory. So that's our primary motive to give, to give God glory. That's our primary motive. That's the number one thing. That should be enough. If, if I didn't say anything else, that should be enough right there. And whatever we do, that should be enough. But I want you to see the secondary thing. The secondary is love for others. It's a love for others. Why are we training people to go out into Coleman and spread the gospel? Because we love others. Why do we go to events so that we can serve meals? Because we love others. Why are we going across Alabama and across the U.S. teaching DMD? Because we love others. Why do we support missionaries across the world? Because we love others. The great commandment says, Thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, 
And with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Because we need to love others. Listen, there's a lot of things that are going on in this world that we don't like or we don't agree with. There's a lot of things that are happening in Russia and China that we just don't like, we don't agree with. Listen, there are things that are happening right now in Coleman that we don't like and we don't agree with. But you know what we do? We send missionaries. You know what we do? We still send people out on the streets. Why? Because we love them. Because we love them. And we need to love people. We need to love people. Look what it says, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 1 John 4. And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we, also, uh, we ought also to love one another. God's motive for, cre uh, uh, for creating us was for His glory. That was the motive. His, it was the primary. His secondary motive was the, for the salvation of souls because He loves His people. God loves His people. So why do we give? Because we love people. Why do we serve? Because we love people. Why do we go? Because we love people. In that same article that I read where the guy talked about the coffee shop, this is what he said. He said, love for others is a fundamental principle in Christianity, reflecting the essence of Christ's teachings. It goes beyond more affection and causes a selfless, sacrificial commitment to the well-being of others. In the Christian context, love for others is inspired by God's love for humanity. It involves actively seeking the welfare of others, demonstrating kindness, compassion, and empathy. By practicing love for others, believers embody the core of Christ's message, fostering unity, understanding, and a positive impact to their relationships and communities. We've got to love others. So that's our motive. That's our motive. For God's glory and for the love of others. So let's look at our mission. Now that we know our motive, let's look at our mission. And because we're here to bring God glory and we're here to, to love others, we are to get the, the gospel to every single creature. So number two, our mission, A, is spreading of the gospel. That's through our faith. That's through our faith. The mission is not fellowship. It's not teaching. It's not praise. Now we do those things, but that's not the mission. Our mission, our main focus, is to, and our goal is to bring honor and glory to God by winning others to Himself. Amen. It's spreading the gospel. We see right here in Mark, it says, And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Acts 1.8 but ye shall receive power, and after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, in both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So what's the mission of the church? Listen, it's to get the good news of Jesus Christ to every part of this world. 
There are people today that they don't have a church to go to. There are people today that they don't have a Bible to read. There's people today that they don't have a missionary that's given them the gospel. There are people right here in Coleman that need the gospel. There are people in Coleman right now that are following false gods and they're following a false religion. Listen, there are people who do not know Jesus. They don't know the saving grace of God. They don't know <clears throat> that because of their sin, God sent His Son down to this earth. He willingly sacrificed Himself on the cross. He shed His blood for their sin. He rose on the third day to deliver them of their sin and forgive them of their wickedness. There's people in our community that don't know this. There's people all across the world that don't know this. They don't know about a loving Savior that's up in heaven right now that'll come down to where you're at. He'll come down to where you're at and save them and bring them to Him. Somebody's got to tell them. That's it. Somebody's got to tell them. And our mission is to go and spread the gospel. Now, for some of you right now, you're probably thinking, Jason, look, I can't go. I can't go. Listen, the Philippines, Uganda, Cambodia, India, wherever else we go, you say, that's just, I can't do it. There's no way that I can go. You know, I, I'll take that. I get it. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say. But you know what? For some of us that can't go, you know what we can do? We can, there you go, we can support somebody that, that can go. We can support them. You know what we also can do? There are people in this church that are trying to go right now. We can also support them. We can support the ones that are trying to go. But I got, I got a surprise for you. I've got some good news for you. You may not can go to Cambodia or India or Uganda, but I tell you what you can do. You can go to you can go to Walmart. You can go to the Brandon Iron. You can go to Walgreens. And now, right now, you're probably saying, well, I don't go to those places. I have Walmart delivery. Hey, I can, I can do you one even better. How about this? You go to work every week. Now, I've brought it right here. I brought it home. I've brought it to your front door, right? I've made it real. I'm telling you that you can go right here in Coleman. I've made it real. Now that I've brought it home, now there's a few of you in here that are saying, yeah, but I just don't know how. I don't know how to go. Or maybe some of you are saying, I'm going to mess it up. If I go, I'll mess it up. Or you're just flat out saying, I'm scared. Well, guess what? I'm going to help you with that. In just a minute, I'm going to tell you how you can fix that. I'm going to help you with that. So we see our motive. And because of our motive, we see our mission. And that's spreading the gospel. Let's see what our other mission is. B, that's making disciples. Making disciples. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Listen, we are commissioned by Jesus to carry on His mission. He came to make disciples. He developed people into followers of Christ. The word teach there, it means to make disciples. 
Making disciples is more than just telling somebody. That's conversion. It's more than just telling somebody. You see, spreading the gospel is about faith. Helping somebody understand that they need a Savior is all about faith. Making disciples is more than just showing. It's more than just showing up for church. It's more than just being religious. Making disciples is about following Him. It's about following Him. And when we're out there spreading the gospel and we see people come to Christ, we need to do some follow-up. We need to help them. We need to make sure that they completely understand what it is to be a disciple. When people have a conversion experience, they need to understand it's not just praying a prayer. It's not just showing up for church. It's not just being religious. It's living a life for Jesus that makes you a disciple of Jesus. Well, what defines a disciple? What defines a disciple? Well, the first thing is, is you have to know Jesus as your, your personal Lord and Savior. That's the first thing. Well, the second thing is, is you need to show your faith through water baptism. That, that's something that Jesus defines as one of his disciples. There are probably some of you in here right now that have been putting off baptism because you don't want to get up in front of everybody, or maybe you don't think it's that important, but Jesus says it's important. That's actually our first opportunity to obey his command. That's the first thing he tells us to do. Now listen, I don't want you leaving here thinking at all that I'm saying, oh, Jason said that baptism is salvation. Not at all. The water that goes into that tub right there is the exact same VAW water that most of you have in your house right now. There's nothing special about that water. The baptism is an external expression of what's happened internally to you. That's what the baptism is. It's you saying, listen, I believe, I believe, I believe, and look what Jesus is doing for me. So here's another thing that defines a disciple. You have to grow in your faith by learning and doing what Jesus commands. This is a constant state of learning and growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is big, listen. Obeying, I'm going to say that again. Obeying what He says in His Word, even when it's not comfortable or convenient. We've got to obey. So how are you, how are you going to follow up? What, what's something that you can do to help somebody to be a disciple? Listen, one of the greatest ways to develop a disciple is just by them following an example. It's, it's do what I do. It's do what I do. So now you say, well, what should I do, Jason? What am I supposed to do? Well, this is easy, guys. First, you need to live like Jesus lived. You got to live like Jesus. Then you need to love like Jesus loved. That's unconditionally, sacrificially, that's eternally. You need to love like Jesus. Then you need to look like Jesus looked. We've got to be an example. You need to be an example. We see the motive. We see our mission. Now let's look at our method. Let's look at our method. I think this is going to help a bunch of you out. We already, we, we see in, in Matthew, we read, it says go, it says teach, it says all nations. Well, let's look at that word go. That word go is a verb translated. Go is actually not a command, but a present participle. It's a going. 
It's as you are going. That's where you live. That's where you work. That's where you shop. That's where you play. We're not asking you to do anything that you don't already do. It's just as you go. It's just as you go. Then it says teach. We know that that means to make disciples. Is a disciple, a disciple is one who has believed on Jesus Christ, expressed the faith by being baptized. He remains in the fellowship of the believers that he might be taught the truths of the faith. He is then able to go and win others to teach them. This was the pattern of the New Testament church. And then we see new, uh, all nations. That's our target. That's Coleman. That's Alabama. That's the U.S. That's the world. That's our target. How are we going to accomplish it? How are we going to accomplish this? Acts 1.8, it says, But you shall receive power, and after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, and both in Jerusalem, there's your Coleman, Judea, that's Alabama, Samaria, that's United States, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And that's the world. That's the world. So how are we going to do that? We're going to be witnesses. We're going to be witnesses. Listen, when you got saved, you became a witness. You became a witness to what you experienced, the things that Jesus done inside your life. You became a witness. Now, you might forget who all was around. You might forget who all was there. But there's one thing that you'll never forget. You were there. You are a witness. There's no better person that can tell about what happened to you besides you. There's no other person that can tell your story as, as good as you can, and that's you. And as a witness, you have the ability to go out and tell others your experience. That's your story. That's your story. God will use your story to change the lives of others. Well, let's go back to what you said earlier. I don't know how. I just don't know how. Or maybe you say, I'm, I'm going to mess it up. I'll mess it up. You say, I'm scared. You know, when I'm relying on my own ability, I feel the same way that you do. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I'll, if I'm relying on my, on my ability, I'm going to mess it up every single time. But thank you, Lord, that I don't have to rely on my ability. I can rely on His ability. Listen, we're going to help you be a witness here. We're going to help you here at Temple be a witness. On January 28th at 5 p.m., we're going to have our Share in Faith workshop. We're going to be able to help you share your faith. So here's the thing. You say, well, is that faith sharing workshop for me? It's for you. If you don't know how to share your story, you don't know how to share your faith, you don't know how to go out into this community and lead somebody to Christ, this is for you. Well, let's say this. Jason, I know how to tell my story. I know how to lead somebody to Christ. But I, I'm still just, I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. Listen, this is for you. Maybe you say, I know how to share my story. I know how to share my faith. And I'm pretty good at it. Guess what? You can always be better. This is for you. Why would you deny an opportunity for us to put more tools into your tool belt? 
I want to tell you, I want to tell you a little story that'll show. If you're out there sharing your faith right now and you think that you're doing a great job, and you probably are, I'm going to show you why you still need to come to this Share Faith conference. I'm, I'm going to explain it to you. I've used Steve many times. Most of y'all know Steve. We used him as references from our DMD. He's the guy that when I said, look like Jesus, he took it literal. <laughs> Steve was out in the community and he was already sharing his faith. Steve was out in the community before he even knew he was sharing his story. Steve was sharing his story. He was already leading people to Christ. Steve's got a real unique way that he likes to spread the gospel. I'll let him share it with you. It's a real unique way. And it works for Steve. It works for the type of people that Steve sees. The motorcycle people, the construction workers, the type of people that Steve sees on a daily basis. His method works. When we started DMD, one of the first things that we teach everybody is how to share God's story, how to share your story, and we use a real simple method called the three circles. So it's a real simple method. It's where you take a drawing of three circles, the first one's brokenness, and you explain to somebody that they're broken, they're missing something in their life, that's not what our lives are supposed to be, that was not God's design. God's original design was for us to be in fellowship with Him. But because of sin, that separated us from God. That caused the brokenness. And there's nothing that we can do on our own that will ever fix that. There's nothing that we can do on our own that will ever get us back to God. But because God loved us so much that He sent His Son down to this earth to die on the cross for us, He rose again in three days... And it says that if you'll, if, if you'll turn away from your sin and if you'll believe that, you can be restored back into God's design. It's the same exact gospel if you took your, your Bible right now and looked at the Romans road. It's the same thing. It's just a simple method. Well, when Steve saw that, listen, he was kicking, he was screaming. I thought he was going to quit DMD. I mean, he was pitching an absolute fit of how dumb this was and how he wasn't going to waste his time learning this. He had a method. It was working for him. He was already seeing people come to Christ. Here's the thing. Steve hired a 16-year-old kid to come to work for him on the construction site. This was not the typical person that Steve normally witnesses to. One day while Steve was at work, there was a scrap piece of material that was laying on the ground. God put it on Steve's heart that he needed to share the three circles with this kid. Steve picked up a scrap piece of material, and on the back of that, he set the boy down. He drew the three circles. He walked him through it. That young man gave his life to Christ that day. So you may already be sharing your faith. You may already be sharing your story. You say, Jason, I'm already doing it. Why would you turn down an opportunity to learn some more skills so maybe you can find that 16-year-old that needs to hear the gospel? So who needs to come to the Share Faith Conference? Everybody. This is for everybody. And that's how, that's how we're going to go out and do that. That's our method, as witnesses. As witnesses. And we're going to help you be a witness. We're going to help you do that. So I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking right now. Is sharing my story really, is it really just all that important? Is it all that important? Yes. Yes, it's that important. 
Listen, I, let's look at the Bible. Let's look right here where it's in Acts. Let's look what it says. This is Peter right here. It says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily as should be saved. Peter is a witness, and he's going out, and he's telling people what he saw with Jesus. He's telling people what Jesus done in his life. He's telling the experience that happened to him. And it says, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Acts 3.1, it says, Now Peter and John, they went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. Being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them uh, that entered into the temple. When seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, that he asked for alms. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, and said, Look on us. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something from them. He thought they were going to pay him. He was waiting for some money. Then Peter said, silver and gold I have done. He says, but such as I, he says, I'm, I, I have, I give to thee. He said, I don't have any money, but I'm going to give you what I got. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know what he did? He told him what he had, and that was a witness. He told him about Jesus. He told him about the love of Jesus. It wasn't money that he had. He just told him his story. So should we, should we be out there telling our stories? Yes. Does it matter that we're telling our stories? Yes. Can God use your story to change the lives of others? Yes. So you need to be here so that you can learn how to be a witness or learn how to be a better witness. Lastly, lastly, well, let's look at this. Let's look on the bottom. Here's another reason why it's important. Look, Andrew told Peter. Philip told Nathaniel. Woman at the well told men of the city. The demoniac went on his way and told the whole city. Look, put your name there. Somebody told Johnny Lawrence. Johnny Lawrence told me. I told my dad, and my dad's at his job telling everybody that he sees. So you, I, I, well, let's say it again. Somebody told Johnny Lawrence. Johnny Lawrence told me. I told my dad, and now my dad's at his job, and he's telling everybody. So your witness matters. Your witness is important. You need to tell somebody. Lastly. There you go. If you didn't hear that, he, says, he said, I'm here today, or you're here today, because somebody told you. Put yourself right there. That's why you're here today. Somebody told you. Who do you need to tell? Let's look lastly. Let's... <laughs> lastly, so that's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to be witnesses. That's what we're going to do at home. We're witnesses. We're witnesses. What about those people abroad? What are we going to do? Well, you know what? We're going to support missionaries. As missionaries, we're going to support them. Look what the Bible says in Acts 13.1. It says, now, now there were in the church, that was Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Serene, and Manian, which had been brought up by Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they have fasted and prayed, and they laid, laid their hands on them, they sent them away. We're going to support those that are called. 
We're going to do just like we did last week. Now, some of you didn't see it because it was in second service. We had Micah and his family come up. We laid hands on him and we prepared him to go. We sent him. For those that are called, we're going to support them. We're going to support them to do the work there so they don't have to worry about the work here. We're going to do the work here. And we're going to allow them to do the work there. We're going to continue to send and support those that are going to do the work abroad. There's going to be some of you in this church right now, right now that God's calling. God's telling you that you need to go and we're going to support you. We're going to continue supporting. Listen, everything that we do is to bring honor and glory to God. Those that we support, that's to bring honor and glory to God. I'm going to get ready to close here. And let me say this. Some of the things that I talked about today, they may seem hard. They might have seemed difficult. And you may be thinking, listen, I'm glad to know that we're at a church of missions. Because remember, that's what we do here at Temple. Everything we do at Temple is missions. You may say, I'm, I'm glad that we're a church of missions. But I'm struggling, Jason. I'm struggling with some of that stuff that you talked about. Now, you said that we're here to glorify God, and I get it, and I like it, and, and I'm all about that. But you talked about loving others. That's tough. You talked about witnessing. I'm scared to death. You know what? If you do it alone, that's tough. If you're trying to do it alone, that is tough. But I want you to look. I want you to look at this. You're not alone. Look what it says at the end of verse 20. This is Jesus talking. He says, Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. We are never alone. We are never alone. He is always with us. Amen, church? Can we give God praise this morning?